What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so naturally, Eucharistic adoration is just one of those things, or just like Eucharistic devotion generally just kind of gets tossed up in the middle of, all, well, all these other things that you can do or get involved in, even like amongst prayer things, like you can pray the rosary more and you can uh, you can join a Bible study and you can go and serve the poor. Like there's all these different things that you can do in the end being devoted to the Eucharist is just one of those things that's just kind of floating around in the ether that gets plucked every now and then and then but and then it might be three months before you hear about it again welcome to the crunch the LA podcast run by turbo normies it's your boy <laughs> Ethan and I'm Patrick the the one who coined the term turbo normie yeah, and I'm the one who the term was coined about. <laughs> you know, they no, used to only no, no, term no, you're not coins. A turbo normie. I well, I, yeah. I coined two terms this week. Patrick Patrick's podcast. been in the he's been in the mint smithing coins, <laughs> solving problems for the United States Treasury. I've been deep in the mines, mining Bitcoin. Yeah, m- mining coin to, to to coin terms. So I. I, I I figured there there were you'll understand this, dear listener. I it's do. that oh the me. no, I'm talking to the camera. I'm talking to the yeah. listener. Um me and the listener excuse me, Ethan, me and the listener are having a conversation. You say the word normie, right? What do you think, Ethan? It's I like, think of my friends. Yes, right. But they're not like like or my wife. You know, Phoebe yeah. is a normie. And but she's not like such a normie that you can't be like hey do you ever think this way she'd be like yeah that's a good point like she gets the new polity stuff that's super mm-hmm. not normie you know yeah she's a normie right. that will it's like an open-minded normie yeah turbo normie is like <laughs> you cannot imagine anything outside of like a comfortable distaste for pope francis and yeah. the bishops right yeah a, a love of john paul ii you know that that's turbo normie Right. Paleo normie <laughs> is a term that I coined about uh, a beloved, a formerly beloved plagiarist priest yes. who was recently, uh, recently, dude, did, we can't, we're not going to talk about it. We shouldn't talk but about it. We already we'll, talked about it in the bonus show. We talked we about it also, on the bonus podcast. We also haven't told people what this episode is about and why they've tuned in. Oh yeah! Hey everyone, welcome to the Crunch. Uh, welcome the, to the Crunch. Ethan it's a podcast. Are, the Crunch is a podcast where Ethan and I were two buddies who met podcasting. So our very first episode was our very first conversation. Uh, for those of you who are new, Ethan and I are, are two Catholic guys. We used to be uh, missionary, youth minister. I studied theology at Franciscan, and so we talk about Catholic things and we yes. make jokes. That's yep. why that's what this podcast is about. So yep. welcome if you're new. Uh, if yeah. you are old. 
You're a paleo normie, and you've just uh, learned that term. Normie. You, Welcome. You just learned that term. Anybody paleo over the age your, of your... 32 is a paleo normie. <laughs> Sorry. A paleo normie is someone who posts minion memes on Facebook. And yeah. is like, yeah, that's a paleo normie. Right. So, Ethan, I, I, I recently told Ethan that he needed to stop being so controversial on Twitter. Um, he has not taken uh, it well. No. I, I made a comment in the Discord. I don't know if you saw this. But I said, Patrick's making me tweet saint quotes. I feel like I'm on parole. <laughs> like I like I'm in like I'm in the ankle cuffs and I'm on the side of a highway and I'm stabbing trash. <laughs> That's what it feels like tweeting like a normie instead of my oh, normal man. stuff. You know, this is this is what an alt account is for. I know. Yeah. People don't grandstand in your alt. You know why? Oh, yeah. There's nothing in it for them. Right. <sighs> There's nothing in it for them. I tweet my most controversial uh, stuff in my alt account. My yeah. most misogynist, most anti-Semitic. I'm just kidding. That's a joke mm -hmm. for legal mm -hmm. reasons. That's it. It's not. I've seen them. I've seen the tweets. <laughs> Call me. Call me. I have evidence. <laughs> get me out of this. The sooner Please. that Patrick goes to jail, the sooner I can get back to business as usual. <laughs> get him out of here. I'm getting tired of you telling me what to do. You think you're so smart with your with your with your high tech tweet schedulers and your oh, yeah. and your Instagram captioning devices and your and your camera that auto focuses <laughs> three times every second. You think you're I, so smart? Well, some I, of us I, went I, to college. Some of us I didn't to go college. to college. Some of us work with our hands. I think. Well, let me show you your hands. Son, I bet you don't work a day in your life. That's what my I think about you. My hands look like your hands. My hands look like no. your hands, except bigger. I've got <laughs> blisters on my hands from lifting. You can't really tell, but I'm starting to get the calluses on my. Oh, I love those. I still, yeah. I still have them. They don't go away. You get no. the little bumps under your knuckles. No, they're there they forever. Don't. Yeah. Um. No, I was. Uh. What was I? I for those of you we're talking about. We're talking about how you're a pansy liberal. Is what we were saying. I. <laughs> I made Ethan go through. Amber Rose religious hippies <laughs> tweets <laughs> count how what she tweets girl tweets 12 times a day I made all a right? I made I made a comprehensive <laughs> study of all of her tweets and the different topics Amber if you're watching this it's nothing personal I have no I'm just doing what dad tells me to do really <laughs> the reason why we're doing this is because we have a little bit of a project that we're working on yes and Part of the part of the part of the project, it's so oh, Twitter we use like we try to we try to tweet tweet goes viral another tweet posts automatically underneath that plugs something and this project is the thing that's going to go there. It's going to be a really cool, highly valuable thing that you can get for free. We're making a product from us. We're making a and product, it's a, and it's a free product for you and for your friends. Yeah. And, and so for your mom if, and your dad. If you're excited about that, if you're like, oh, I'm interested in what the boys are cooking up, you should. Yeah. We're going to announce it first in our Discord. So you should oh! go to bit.ly slash crunch discord, and that's where we'll announce it. And this is this is a real thing. We've paid a real person in a real country. Uh, <laughs> not saying. Real money <laughs> to, yeah, to, uh, to help to us do an make... okay job. <laughs> yeah, to do an okay job, and then for us to tell her to do it again. <laughs> yeah. But it looks great, and yeah. uh, we're putting it together, and and, and it's going to be part of. We're doing a little experiment. We're trying to we're trying to see what we should uh, what we should what we should sell. We need to monetize the podcast. We yeah. want to give you guys stuff that you like that you'd be like, I'd pay money for that. Right, and I do think this is this comes at a valuable time for me because why is that? Well, because I probably could stand to become a a turbo normie. I probably could. Yeah. I probably could use it at this point in my life because I went through a rough patch recently having a hard time. And sometimes when you're going through a hard time, you just kind of hold on to whatever seems to float, you know? And yeah. at the time I was holding on to, um, I wouldn't say right wing conspiracy theories, but I would say uh, that there is a certain brand of um, social media that does lean more to the right that I just found very, interesting and compelling during this rough patch of my life and you're describing uh, you're describing the republican party in 2020 
That's what you're describing. <laughs> I am. I am. I may have found myself in a crowd on January 6th protesting. <laughs> you don't know how long the rough patch lasted. But anyway, I was in a situation where I was like really reading a lot of stuff and it was affecting the way that I was talking about things. And so I think taking a step back from all of that and going back to tweeting, let me show you, I'm going to read you the next tweet up in my, uh, in my queue. Ready? You're going to love this. Uh -huh. <laughs> <clears throat> this is just GK a free, a free to play mollusk based RPG app experience clash of clams. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, um... we're back. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I am I am ashamed to admit that I I have I read me and Nick re-downloaded Clash of Clans over a Christmas back break. in the clans. I maxed out my Town Hall nine, so I'm I'm a maxed That's out what that Town meant. Hall level You tweeted nine. that to me the other day, and I was yeah. like, "What is? What did he mean by this?" But apparently, it means you were you were clanning. I was um, clashing and clanning. I've been after Emma goes to bed, and after I get all my work done, I've been playing one or two. I've been dropping, dropping in. You've been dropping in a couple times? I've been dropping in a couple times. And, playing Fortnite uh, is much more masculine, I think, than playing Clash of Clans. I don't know. They're both equally effeminate. <laughs> I you think. think so? I think Clash of yeah. Clans is much more childish than Fortnite, even though Fortnite is marketed mainly towards children. You know who really, really loves Clash of Clans? Who is that? I think. I could be wrong. I think Mr. Beast really plays Clash of Clans. Is Mr. Be is Mr. Beast into the clan? Is he a clasher? A, Does he clan? He's a clasher for sure. Is well, he a someone... Sorry, Nope. Sorry. That's not... We can't. We don't can't. know. We don't know. He could <laughs> that... be. We don't he's know what he's North Carolina. Building. Maybe. Yeah, he's, he's got that warehouse. He kind of holds people. Yeah. Yeah. He really <laughs> does like to buy people. He does. Yeah. That guy's a huge purchaser of people he he hmm. put a guy in a sometimes mr beast videos seem cruel are you i i i'm i'm not a mr beast video guy yeah. i watched a few i watched the grocery store one yeah that one was good I like that one that one was good i liked i like when he does things himself like he's like yeah, i'm so you see the solitary early. confinement one yeah where he was in like, solitary confinement for seven days which apparently is supposed to like really mess you up yeah yeah i think he was already broken. So because he did underground for seven days and he was able to talk to his friends. I can't imagine he was able to yeah. talk to people while he was in solitary confinement. I can't I couldn't do the lay down for seven days thing. Like no. stuck inside a glass box for seven days. Like nope. Yeah. Hard pass. Absolutely not crazy. interested. I think I could do the white box for seven days. You could? Yeah, I think I could actually. Yeah, I think after having a toddler, it's like, yeah, I could do a white box with nothing in it for seven. I days. would start. <laughs> I would start writing that novel I've always wanted to write. Yeah, you're gonna write a novel. Mm hmm. You gotta tell me what's yeah. your novel about. Well, it's about. Um, <clears throat> it's about a post apocalyptic. Don't you, dare. Don't, you dare. don't stop it. And there's one branch of the United States government. I hate you behind. so much. I can't believe. I can't believe you're plagiarizing my novel right now. It seems to be the trend these days. So I figured Everyone I would just. Everyone knows that I came up with the post-apocalyptic <laughs> novel where the mailmen take over the world. Everyone yeah. knows that. Not a, at least well, the I was... first chapter on Discord years ago. If you want it, go to bit.ly/slash/crunchdiscord. I think, I think what people really want to hear is uh, is your take on the Eucharistic revival. I think they're tired of us bandying about with nonsense. <laughs> And frivolity. I, and I want to hear your things because you told me that you had an opinion. And I do. I want to hear it because I think you're a good I, opinion haver. For those of you who have been around the block, have been a part of the Crunch Bunch for years, you remember yeah. that one of our all-time episodes was Cracking Open a Life Team with the Boys. Do you remember that episode, Ethan? I do. I vaguely remember it, but I also distinctly remember it. <laughs> it was a very big episode for us. Yeah, Mark Hart came on the show because of it. Um, and then you became a focus missionary because of it. And then you didn't quit the podcast because of that. Yeah, which so is kind of crazy. We had never, uh, if, if we had, had never, never podcasted. Life team with the boy, why are you texting right. during the podcast? Sorry, I, sorry that my wife texts me and I and I look at it because I'm not a I'm not a cucked liberal like <laughs> you. 
I'm sorry. That was absolutely, out of absolute nonsense. <laughs> absolute nonsense. We need to get you off of right wing Twitter. <laughs> I know it's really out of pocket for me to say that, but you were making, but it was my wife texted me and I can read, I can read and listen at the same time. Anyway. So crying open a life team with the boys is one of our, one of our famous episodes because it, yeah, it was, um, we know without it, the podcast would have ended. So you're, you're, yes. you're here now because of this episode, it was a crucial turning point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a similar we we saw a trend back then, which is why mm. we made the episode where mm-hmm. Life Teen despite ostensibly doing a lot of good work in the church, yeah, was getting a lot of criticism from people who were Catholic. Flack. Yeah, they were getting flack and so we said no to that. And so I am seeing a similar trend with the eucharistic revival Hmm. where i think and i think you agree that it's a very good thing totally however i don't think everyone maybe not everyone listening to this i don't think everyone agrees Hmm. why do you think that is i think people are afraid of things that are big i think i think i think people are naturally inherently suspicious of stuff that is popular because that we have this mindset that Catholicism, especially since we're Americans and we're such a minority, you know, like 20% of the country is Catholic, um, probably less actually like practicing Catholics is like 2% of the country. (laughs) Maybe you know, know what I, I mean. That's small, but yeah, it's, a, it's pretty small. And so I think, especially as American Catholics, anytime that there's something that is popular or successful, it kind of flips a switch in our brains, and we're like, we're supposed sure. to be unpopular because. So what are we doing? And so when you say like, oh, we're gonna have this big revival, and it's gonna be nationwide, and it's gonna conclude at this huge arena, and there's gonna be eighty thousand people, I think people get a little wary because they're like, yeah what what could be so what could be so good that would get that would completely reverse the direction of catholicism that i'm seeing in my day-to-day life because there's nothing about my local parish that warrants 80,000 people being in one arena you know <laughs> and so i think yeah. when they see that they're like oh you must be selling something or it, you like must be taking advantage of these people because i don't think people see the rift it must be a grift because there's... the word grift has become popular among turbo normies among yeah. normies. I won't say turbo, but among normies. Yeah. People are saying grift all the time. Like what are they I, saying I saw it about someone, someone said uh, the seat conference. Someone just said, Hey, why is the seat conference on new year's day? Is it always on new year's day? And they just didn't know that sure. it's like focus always does it the first week of the year. Sometimes the first week of the year would be too late. So they do it. You know, Mm -hmm. they start in December and they go in in January. Depends on when Christmas is and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all about, it's all about the winter break for the college kids. And so she was like, Oh, and when the convention center is available. Exactly. Yeah. And so she said that it's like, Oh, is it always over new year's? And someone was like, I don't know, probably a grift. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Why? What do you, how would that, yeah. You think uh you think having an event that conflicts with a holiday is like some kind of get rich quick <laughs> scheme? scheme? Because I think that's I think that yeah. might be why they do it over I think that actually might be why they do it because it's cheaper. So maybe it is a grift. I don't know. Maybe it is like a scheme. You know but, those people uh, you know those people who are out there grifting who are having huge events on Christmas Day to take money from people? <laughs> what are we talking yeah. about? You Ridiculous. know, I it's think like it's but silly. if that's a grift, then so is coupon. You know, like, right? And <laughs> like, and the college football bowl system I that all happen on New Year's Day. You know, like it's yeah, it's ludicrous. To anyway, me. so I think people, that, I think people have this natural suspicion of it because they see it and they're like, "Well, that's cool." And nothing about Catholicism in my whole life has ever been cool. So surely, this is a lie, or it's Protestant. And so I think that's what people, that's what people think. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do think among, I do think among traditional catholics there there is a fear of anything that could be seen as protestant and the term revival is is rather protestant yeah right the, the it, it it harkens to the revivals yes 
the tent, big tent back when back when Johnny Appleseed would go about spreading a sect (laughs) of Presbyterianism through his seed ministry. Is that what just Johnny Appleseed, a Presbyterian? I'm pretty sure Johnny Appleseed was a Protestant. Hold on, Johnny Appleseed. You don't think he existed either. No, 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 no. He was Johnny Appleseed was an American pioneer nursery man who introduced apple trees <laughs> to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and present day Ontario as well. They're in Northern counties. And American legend still allows He was also a missionary for the new church, Swedenborgian. Uh, and the inspiration for many. So he was a missionary. That's why he w- he went around, is because he was a missionary oh. for this for the new church. And the new church can refer to any of several historically related Christian denominations that developed under the influence of the theology of Emanuel Swedenborg, uh, who's not a robot, but he was alive (laughs) from 1688 to 1772. The Swedenborgian tradition is considered to be a part of restorationist Christianity. So he was a bit of a, so not, I thought it was Presbyterian. No, we were both right. It looks like he believes in kenosis. Um, there's a lot here, but um, but yeah, Johnny Appleseed was a missionary. That's, that's why he went. That's why he they, went around. People, yeah. people are people are really uh, people are really squashing. They're really they're really trying to silence the missionary zeal of of great Americans like Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, that's why you don't hear you don't hear people talk about Johnny Appleseed anymore. It feels really like don't. no, like we I, we learned so much about algebra and not very much about Jonathan Appleseed. And that oh, that's why me. that song. That's why that song is like the Lord is good to me, and I will praise the Lord for giving me the things I need, that the sun and the rain and the apple seed, which is like the Looney Tunes theme song. Also, yeah. Anyway, so that's why I think about Johnny Appleseed all the time. It's because yeah. I get the Looney Tunes song stuck in my head all the time, and then I think who's the guy with the with the ox. Uh, that's paul bunyan yeah okay so so this is something that i'm curious about was paul bunyan a protestant paul bunyan definitely protestant john henry no well he was a huge lumberjack and so that makes me think that he was catholic (laughs) (laughs) paul bunyan was canadian i think so that that gives him a good uh his blue ox it's yeah the character originated in the oral tradition of north american lager so oral mouth tradition catholic so like kind of a catholic yeah. mouth sort of guy um <laughs> yeah. and yeah his he's he's got he's oh they've done scholarly research on him oh thank goodness i know we really need to so, so which, i think out so, of be so back to the revival which of yeah. the which of which of the characters from the american literary and american oral tradition canyon canon <laughs> Would you like to see speak at the Eucharistic Revival? Paul Bunyan, John Henry. Paul Bunyan, for sure. I'm I'm thinking Davy Crockett. David Copperfield. Buffalo Bill. uh, John Henry, for sure. John Henry is a good one. And then um, uh, Kate, what's the, what's Casey, the the baseball player? Casey Jones? Yeah. The heroic railroad engineer of the cannonball who always brought the train in on time. I thought he played baseball. Am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of you're thinking of Casey Jones, the guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't think so. I, I've never seen that, so I don't think. That. Back to the Eucharistic revival. We okay. gotta we gotta stay on we topic. Were, but we've but we've been talking about the Eucharistic revival. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're referring we're, to. We're gonna spread. We're gonna spread the revival around. I don't know. So I. The opinions that I've heard, and this is even among like guys in my men's group, they're just very yeah. suspicious of the Eucharistic revival. I think they're suspicious yes. of the bishops. Mm-hmm. I, they're suspicious of the motives surrounding the Eucharistic revival. And mm-hmm. some people just think that it's a waste of time. Yes, I've heard some people say, like, why not just do adoration at your church? Why but not just get involved with, in your local community? But like we've we've worked with the Eucharistic revival on some things, so we've seen mm-hmm. some of the inner machinations of it. And what are like? Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're we're six months out. We've been hearing about it. Oh, the other piece is the synod on synodality. I think people are uh, kind of getting it overlapped with that. Yeah, where it was like a lot of distrust in the synod on synodality among among faithful Catholics because people kind of like sniffed out that it's like, okay, you want 
You want input from people who don't agree with us. Okay. It sounds like you're going to try and make things happen that we don't agree with. All right. Yeah. You know, the, right. it's fair enough. But like, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on the Eucharistic revival? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. You and I have talked about it. Have we really not? No, we haven't. It's just you and me have talked about it privately. Privately? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick and I are always talking about the Eucharist privately. You guys don't know about this. We talk about it and we talked about we talked about it on Twitter before because I did a whole thread on it and like if you give us a hundred dollars a month on Patreon, you can legally tap our phones and listen to our conversations. (laughs) So the people do like it when I text screenshots of our texts. Anyway, they do. Uh, what do I think about the Eucharistic revival? Man, it's so hard. It's so hard because there's so many people that are, they come to mass and then they're there and then they leave. And then that's like the extent of their involvement. And if Eucharistic adoration isn't talked about that week at mass, then they forget that Eucharistic adoration exists. And so it's it's hard because there's so much going on um, in a parish. And I talk about the parish because that's most people's, like, the way that they access the Catholic faith is through the parish. Every week at the parish, Father has to ward off dozens of people wanting him to announce their thing, you know? You got to talk about the bake sale. You got to talk about the the Knights of Columbus pancake breakfast. You got to talk about the pro-life uh, thing. You got to talk about the women's group. You talk got to talk about the youth group. You got to talk about the uh, the service opportunity. You got we need more liturgical ministers. Like the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And so naturally, Eucharistic adoration is just one of those things, or just like Eucharistic devotion generally, just kind of gets tossed up in the middle of. Well, all these other things that you can do or get involved in, even like amongst prayer things, like you can pray the rosary more and you can, uh, you can join a Bible study and you can go and serve the poor. Like there's all these different things that you can do in the, and being devoted to the Eucharist is just one of those things that's just kind of floating around in the ether that gets plucked every now and then. And then, but, and then it might be three months before you hear about it again, you know? Um, And so part of me is like, well, unless like the fundamental orientation of a, of a church is towards the Eucharist and like everything is a fruit of that, then I don't think it's going to take hold in the way that we're hoping. Like, yeah, I don't think the goal of the Eucharistic revival is to get more people to sign up for adoration slots you know, like the goal should be yeah. like the Eucharistic sacrifice should be the source and summit of the faith. You know, like everything is oriented towards it and everything is a fruit of it. And so, but I don't think people operate in that way. I think they think that the parish is the source and summit of the faith <laughs> or worse, like <laughs> the pastor yeah. is the source and summit of the faith. And so people see the Eucharistic revival and it's just up in that cloud of stuff. That's like, Oh, these are all good things for Catholics to do. Um, But I think in order for it to really be effective, 
the pastors and the, the leadership and, and the parishioners too, like it has to become a central focus, which I don't know. People say like, oh, you can't just wait around for priests to do these things. But it's like, how do I change the orientation of an entire parish just on my Myself. own? Especially yeah. for something that's a sacrament Money. that like I can't make on my own, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, like I can't point. just I can't just say, come to my house, we're gonna have the Eucharist, you know. So like necessarily <laughs> I have to like be dependent upon the system yeah. to do it for me in some respects. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's, why, those are that's, my, why, that's why I think that's why I think it's good that the people that are in charge of not only making Jesus but also making guys that can make Jesus. I yeah. think it's good that those people have decided whether collectively or by force from one or two very influential bishops to have decided to make the Eucharist the main thing for now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good thing because they're yeah. the people that need to be making it a main thing because I can, right. the only thing that I can do is go to Eucharistic adoration by myself in the perpetual adoration chapel or go to mass sometimes if a mass right. time fits. Right. Yes. Which is why yes. I got mad at that one bishop in that one diocese that banned Eucharistic adoration, perpetual adoration. Dude, that's ludicrous. It's like, it's like that's my only access. You know, I understand you can you can you can make you you can make Jesus anytime you darn well please. That's not my deal. You know, I can't do right. that. And so it's just like I think that it's I I think the criticisms, I think you're right. I think the criticisms come from a place of like I'm afraid of things that are big. I think the other piece is that people want the Eucharistic revival to do something that it can't do. And they go, ah, so it must be bad. I think they, they, some what do the they want it to do? Around, some of the criticisms I see around that are like, you think that people are going to go to the Eucharistic Congress and they're going to have a conversion experience? <laughs> this isn't going to fix everything. And I'm like, well, actually, some people might. Like, that happens. Like, how many cat, do you know how many people have, have uh, come out of John Paul II's youth day, world youth days? You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Father Harrison had a conversion experience at a world youth day. Matt Fred had a conversion experience at a world youth day. You know, like these events Sometimes, do happen. Yeah. All it takes is yeah. just getting a lot of people together for people yeah. to have uh, a conversion experience. Like they just see other, like, cause people, cause a lot of times people just need to feel like they're not alone, you know? And that's a huge part of it is yeah. I, I don't want to, I, I feel like I'm one of 10 people in my parish that care about this thing. And all of a sudden you see, <laughs> 80,000 other people you're like whoa and that's that's enough for some people if they've never experienced that before to like oh yeah i mean the seek the seek conference is like that every year people post on mm -hmm. like the church is not dead and it's like it's just 20,000 people it's actually not that many but it's like it feels you know like oh mm -hmm. wow this is a whole stadium full of people and it's awesome yeah. um so yeah and i so i think i think that like that's the criticism is that oh people who don't already believe in the eucharist aren't going to go to the eucharistic congress but i think that's okay Mm -hmm. I think it's okay if the majority of people there are not are are. I think if it's okay if the majority of the people there are are devout Catholics and maybe yeah ten percent. Since when is it a bad thing for devout Catholics to to gather and pray? You know, it feels I think like it's because it costs thinking. money. Yeah, it's I think it's because it money. costs money. And I I almost wanted to talk about money today because mm. you and I have had a couple of conversations about how people are weird about money. There's this weird mm -hmm. catch 22 where people want, people don't want churches to spend a lot of money. Like we don't want the Eucharist. The Eucharist survival is too expensive. Yes. How dare it be that expensive? But also we should pay workers a just wage. And it's like, what do you think the money is going to, you know, right. the most expensive part of any event is paying the people that put it on you know mm -hmm. like it's so it's a weird catch-22 of like you shouldn't spend money but also you should give money to your employees um so yeah. there's a weird like there's a weird dynamic there that's what i i, I almost want to talk i don't think we should talk about it's that, okay but I no money that. is too many people talk about money these days yeah not enough yeah. people too much with the mammon and not enough with the lord i have think yeah, i do think really. that yeah yeah but i'm yeah. i'm I'm looking forward to the Eucharistic Congress. Now that we're, if you're not, if you haven't, if you haven't signed up yet, you should. It, yes. If you can go, you should. Eighty thousand people. That's that's four seat conferences. That's crazy. Back to back. I know. It's absolutely insane. Are we? I mean, it's, are we going to be there? I 
Yeah, I, I think, think so. We, can we, like, I think so. Can we cautiously say that we'll be there? Yeah, we we have it on good authority. This is not an announcement. I prayed we and God it. told me that we are going to be there. <laughs> I have it on good authority from one of our friends who works high up in the Eucharistic Revival Land that mm-hmm. we may be doing a live podcast at Potentially. The Revival. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. It may be a live Dr. Ethan's dating corner. That's going to be really fun. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Dude, I think I'm there's 80,000 well, single people walk in, 40,000 couples leave after I'm done with that place. <laughs> we, especially because we now know that. What do we know? That we do a really great live Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Dude, like that event. Dude in oklahoma city was we did an event in oklahoma city where ethan and i sat in a room full of like it was like 60 single people yeah 30 men 30 women ish and we just answered their questions yeah it was fantastic for an hour we had so much fun and i had a little espresso and a martini (laughs) and i had a bit of ice cream and it was wonderful and we could do that espresso on ice cream yeah amazing gosh they and called so we it can an do that avocado. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Avocado, a lawyer. We're going to do that at the Eucharistic Revival. We are going to be there. So if you're not going to be there, uh, you should show up and we should have a good time. I'm but shivering. It's I cold in my... But I think, I think then the question is, is what are dioceses? I, it's just hard because like, I'm so skeptical, you know? Like I've seen so oh, yeah. many efforts and initiatives just kind of be things that people are excited about. And then it's like over and it's on to the next thing that we have to raise money for, or we have to get ready for or whatever. And so after the revival, when people come back to their dioceses, like, is there a plan, you know, like, are these people, I'm sure there is, yeah. but I'm also like, does I don't anybody, think there is a plan. How many people actually want things to change is my question. Like what percentage of Catholics that are actively involved actually want the the way that they practice Catholicism? They want the way that their relationship with the Eucharist is. Like how many of them want it to change? How many even know that it can change? I'm not saying that it's not going to work. I'm just saying that the 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 ground needs to be tilled. And I feel like it's been tilled amongst people that are paying attention, that are involved in the uh that are on social media that see these types of things. Um, so if if you're if you're correct in your estimation yeah. that yeah. so there's 20 percent of the country is Catholic, we know that. Yes. Let's say 30 percent of Catholic. The stat is like 70 percent don't believe what the church teaches about the Eucharist. So let's say like the right. rest of the 30 percent that do are like really devout and they want things to change at least passively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would mean that six percent of the U.S. population are devout Catholics. So our total addressable, you know, group here is 21 million people. How many is that? It's more than it's more than can fit in the Lucas Oil Stadium. But like, sure. that's not an insignificant number. That's true. That's the state of Florida, right? Right. Like, that is eighty thousand. So 21 million. My brother's texting me. He wants to play Fortnite. 21 we've million. Entered the, we've entered the math portion of the podcast. <laughs> Welcome. So if every <laughs> if every person that goes to the Eucharistic Congress comes back and they talk to 262 people, then we will reach <laughs> that entire 6%, which is we don't which need sounds to crazy. 6%. Which sounds crazy, but... Cares. What? The 6% is the percentage that cares. Yeah, but don't we want them to be revived? Oh, true. Yeah, we want them to revive, and then we want them you know? to go. I, I do think that you. I do think that you're right. There's not a plan when people get back. I don't think there needs to be because I think the way that the bishop, I think that Bishop Barron's plan with this whole thing mm-hmm. is like, we need to just get together and refocus ourselves on the Eucharist. Yeah. And then God of, will work. Yeah. It's kind of like get get all the right people on the bus, but it's get all the right people in the oil stadium. 
And yeah, get all the right people in the oil. I do think, I do think that there is something too. Like, let's all get together, let's pray, and just see what happens because that historically has been a pretty good yes. model. Like, if you think Denver about like World, World Youth Day, Day yeah. like World Youth Day, what you're talking about, there wasn't like a plan of how to reintegrate people after World Youth Day. It just kind of happened because teens were on fire and youth people were on fire, and then they started listening to Scott Hahn CDs, and then. And then from that, our podcast was born. By, distributed by the founders of Decided Excellence Catholic Media. Indeed. Lighthouse Media. Yeah. Um, so that's probably will happen again, actually. I think along with my whole like redemption arc into being a turbo normie, I think I just need to like, <laughs> I, I just want to be more hopeful because I think I'm so, I was, I'm so skeptical. Like it's just a, yeah. nothing's going to yeah. change. Everything's going poorly. You know, you have that's these weird place to be. Well, you have all these documents coming out and the blessings and the the comments and you just like see all this stuff over and over and over again. It makes you think like, man, there's not really any hope. And then when you go to mass and like everything's sort of uninspired and like the people around you are on their phones, you're just like, it's very easy to lose hope, you know? And so I think I, I fall victim to that pretty much every day. And so I need, I need some more resilience, I suppose. But I don't think I'm the only person that struggles with that. I think everybody who's seriously trying has the temptation yeah. to look around and be like, man, nobody else here cares. The priest doesn't even seem like he cares. The, the, the Eucharistic minister tries to bless my son, even though she's <laughs> not qualified to bless him. She's been told multiple times not to do that. Right. Right. And that, the pews are just getting, the pews are just getting emptier and emptier every week. So it's like, what, you know, we it's did, hard not to feel like did. we're on the Titanic sometimes, you know, and then it's we like the Eucharist a, Congress is just like, a, let's all get together and play the violins one last time. <laughs> Before you know? we pack up. Yeah. So long and thanks for all the fish. Right. I, the second time I've said that on the podcast recently. So fish. Thanks for all the long. I, however, at my parish on Sunday, we did have a ridiculously packed uh, parking lot for seemingly no reason other than it was Sunday. So yeah, like who packs the house for Epiphany Sunday? You know me, I do. <laughs> we had, yeah, yeah, I guess we had, you we had thirty did, people yeah. at my house for Epiphany. No, I'm Sunday saying like who? Christmas. What church like packs the pews for January sixth? Well, okay, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I can think of some churches that pack. The oh, pews yeah. For January oh yeah, 6th. oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I think I think that's fair. It is really hard when the priests don't care, and that's what's been heartening mm -hmm. for me with the Eucharistic revival is that it does seem like the it seems like the bishops actually care. Like that's they do. It's yeah. a huge it's a huge bummer when it feels like the bishops don't care. Like when yeah, they care as like, much as dudes who are not allowed to care about anything because of their lawyers are allowed to care about something. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Yeah, it's that. That's a huge. That's a huge thing. It's like, and I, even any bishops even, who are listening, I can, I can free you. I will sue your lawyer, and I will get you out of that jail that you're in, and we can go skiing. <laughs> you it's and such me. A funny. It's such a funny <laughs> dynamic, but yeah. But yeah, no. Like, I mean, with with you know bishops, bishops canceling Latin masses for seemingly no reason. I know that's like. I don't not even. I'm not even a Latin mass guy, but it's like. What are the you people doing? that I know that go, the people that I know that go to Latin mass are like Dr. Mike Cirilla, who's like the nicest guy on the planet who just likes, right. he just likes Latin mass. You know, it's like, he finds it like, why are we, why are we, why are we, uh, muzzling the ox? You know, why are we, why are we doing that? Um, yeah. I don't know. Just after you see all that stuff, like friends and, 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 you know, people that, you know, get kind of squashed for trying to be good Catholics it's it's helpful to see an effort being made to yeah in after after what seemed like a global effort to undermine <laughs> orthodoxy in terms yeah. of you know you're talking it, about the covid-19 pandemic no I'm when they the shut down the churches and made the eucharist inaccessible oh yeah no that too yeah that's fair after like a couple of years even and still happening of people being like oh you can't go to church because of covid or yeah. and like and getting and getting finger wagged by the united states government being like you don't need to go to church you just pray in your room well, it's like hey not even finger by the government finger wagged by bishops and priests who oh said, yeah it's not a big deal just make a spiritual communion you know absolutely i think ridiculous. that i think yeah. so i think as a if you view the eucharistic revival as a response to the 
Eucharistic failure, you know, Desert. of yeah, <laughs> yeah, of 2020 and 2021. It makes sense. That's fair because um, so many people stopped going. Like I, I know people. The religion teacher at a at a, I guess it's not necessarily unnamed if you know where I worked, but a religion teacher at the school said that he stopped going to mass. He just got out of the habit. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're a religion teacher at a Catholic right. school. Why are you right. not going to church on Sunday? You know, people just stopped going. Yeah. And so like that, yeah, maybe that is really, maybe that is part of the reason. Cause you know, mm-hmm. when, when the governor of Virginia said that thing about, Oh, just go pray in your room. Bishop Barron did like a whole video. He was pissed. Did you see that? Oh, he was mad. Yeah. I do remember that. He was like, he was like, how dare you? explain religion to us you are a government official in a in a in a in a in a state that ostensibly has separation of church and state where you know you're not supposed to be the religious leader i am what are you doing right he was like he was like in rome this never would have flown you know the roman emperor would never have said you know this is how you're supposed to you know that's absolutely insane even even in a even in a place where even in a in a country where church and state were were one they understood their place now some of them didn't but the ones that went to heaven did and it's like it's like get 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 out of here with that nonsense that was awful i remember that Ugh. yeah well i think i think it's good to reflect on all of this um especially the fact that casey jones was due to run the southbound passenger service from memphis to canton mississippi Owing to the absence of another engineer, he had to take over another service throughout the day, which may have deprived him of sleep. He eventually departed 75 minutes late, but was confident of making up the time with the powerful 10-wheeler engine number 382, known as Cannonball. Approaching Vaughn at a high speed, he was unaware that the three trains were occupying the station, one of which was broken down and directly on his line. Some claim he ignored a flagman signaling to him, though this person may have been out of sight on a tight bend or obscured by fog. All are agreed, however, that Jones managed to avert a potentially disastrous crash through his exceptional skill at slowing the train down (laughs) and, and saving the lives of passengers at the cost of his own. For this, he was immortalized in a traditional song, the ballad of Casey Jones. Wait, he died? He died. Apparently, this guy was so good at slowing down trains, he died. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like you. Oh, oh, I think I know what happened. So, like, he slowed oh, the train so down enough. Yeah. So that it crashed slower than it would have. Right. So and he, he, yeah, he, he was, was in the, the front. He also rescued yeah, a child from the tracks, and he was a baseball player. So, you're right. There you go. Yeah. Wait, he rescued a child, so he had time to get out. No, I think that was a, a separate. That was a separate incident. Oh, okay. Separate <laughs> That's incident. fair. I guess it makes sense. The heroism was was yeah. multiple instances of heroism. Jones reversed the throttle and slammed the air brakes into an emergency stop at the engine. Quickly plowed through several loaded train cars. <laughs> it's just so funny the words that they're using on this Wikipedia page. <laughs> but the engine quickly plowed through several loaded train cars before derailing. He had been able to reduce his speed to about 40 miles per hour before impact. Uh, Jones was the only fatality of the collision. Wow. Wow. Popular legend holds his hand still clutched the whistle cord and brake when his body was pulled from the wreckage. Now, this is a guy. Dude, that's crazy. You know? You know, they think, don't make, uh, they don't make, they don't make Casey Joneses anymore. They don't make no, guys that sell you Suzuki. No, they, they don't make Suzuki guys anymore. Bonus podcast, $10 a month if you want to get that reference. They don't yeah. make Suzuki guys anymore. They don't make Casey Jones and they sure as heck don't make Johnny Appleseed anymore. No, no. Certainly not. Well, <sighs> Ethan, I, I am hopeful for the Eucharistic revival. I think there's, I think good things are going to come out of it. I think it's going to be a beautiful time for the church to, you know, get together. And, uh, I, I honestly, I think, I think your, your analysis is spot on just the recovering from the, not just lack of access to the Eucharist, but lack of access to all of the sacraments. I mean, like yeah. confession was almost the confession in the diocese of Orlando was they, they, uh, they, banned outdoor confessions it's like that's so dumb why was everyone so dumb it, for so long it, it was like it or maybe that was pittsburgh i don't remember which one it was one of my some dioceses some dioceses but it was like people were so like it was lawyers it's it was lawyers it was policies i remember like it was it was getting dictated to us and and we were like well it's policy and i was like that no this is stupid we should be able to make our own decisions based on like we have brains we don't need 
but yeah, it was it was lawyers and HR and policy. And uh, sorry, Camille. And <laughs> I think we all need to recover from that. We need to return to the Holy Spirit, who's supposed to be guiding the church. Yes. Not, not, policy not makers. Policy. Not policies. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just silly. Well, this is good. I'm excited for the the Congress. I'm excited to be there with you and to do a live podcast. I think just by so saying it fun. enough times, it'll happen. Um, it's called manifesting. That's yeah, we have been invited. We're not just creating this out of nowhere. We're not, yeah, we're but, not crazy. We're not crazy. Yeah. All right. Right. This isn't like a, this not is not a this. seek part two type situation. Okay. Uh, we we're going and then. If you like the show and you want to interact with other people and talk about the things that we talk about, you can go to bit.ly slash crunch discord and join over 1000 other young Catholics that are uh, talking about the day-to-day stuff that you're struggling with uh, and, and many other topics. So that's the place to go. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Turbo Normies Unite. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we will see you all. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.